I want to talk about going to the other side again. This is one of those things that you just never do finish. I noticed when I was farming, you never finished. When you're at the farm, you never finish. You just quit. You know, you, you ever had those things like your backyard? You never, well, I got the backyard finished. Oh, no, no. You could have painted the fence and you could have, yeah, you just quit. <laughs> do y'all have a backyard? Do y'all go in your backyard? Well, not if you want to have fun, you don't. Hallelujah. Well, where was I? Chapter uh, 17. We're going to the other side this morning. This is one of those things that you just can't, you just have to quit. Well, I couldn't quit this morning. I was going to, but uh, this just rose up again, and I saw it from another angle. It says in verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the devil. Say, I can do that. I can't, come on. Say, I can do that. Can y'all rebuke the devil? Yeah, greater works than he shall ye do, because I go to the Father, he said. And he departed out of him. It worked. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart, had a little meeting, a little side meeting, and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. We're not going to go there this morning. There's a lot there. But he said, for verily I say unto you, truly, truly, I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Well, there's two ways to look at the mustard seed. One, that it's very small. Number two, you have to plant it. You have to plant your faith. People said, I got faith. Well, faith is not something you have. Faith is something you do. You plant your faith. You, you plant your words into the kingdom. He said, if you have grain, if faith is a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto the mountain. So faith speaks, doesn't it? Faith speaks. And you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence. Get out of town. Remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove. Say, I can do that. You sure can. And nothing, and nothing, say this with me, read this with me, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, first person, and nothing shall be impossible to me. Now, that's what Jesus said. It's read in my Bible. He said it. He said it to whosoever. He said it to everybody. Not special people, not uh, Bible school graduates, not. He said it to everybody. If you can get your faith up to mustard seed grade, you can speak to mountains. Anybody had a mountain lately? Anybody know what a mountain is? Yeah, it's in the way. It's in the way. The mountain is in the way. I'm going there. Well, there's a mountain in front of me. I can't even see. I, it's, there's a mountain in the way. And Jesus said, get rid of the mountain. Mark chapter 10. It's me. Sometimes that happens. Mark chapter 10. Let's look in verse 27. Hallelujah. And Jesus, looking upon them, saith. So he's dealing with a situation here. He's dealing with the rich young ruler. And uh, he's just said it's real hard for rich men, self-made rich men, to enter into the kingdom. He said it's harder for a rope to go through the eye of a needle than for that. And they're, they're astonished, it says in verse 26. And he, looking upon them, saith, with men it is impossible. But not with God, for with God all things are possible. Let's say the last part together. For with God all things are possible. Now just, just stop right there. What if, just 
just get way out there and throw all caution to the wind and say, what if this verse was true? What if it was real? What if it was actually heaven's design for that which is impossible to you to be possible? I think we'd all say, sure. But then we'd have to ask ourselves, when's the last time you stood and said, it is impossible, but with God, God with me, not just God by himself, but God with me, this thing's going to turn. When's the last time you had one of those? I've had a bunch. I've had several. A lot of times, I'll admit, I had no options. Sometimes we have impossible stuff, and so we just back up and take a lesser road. We don't ever go for what we were going for. We just say, I'll settle. And so we say, God made a way, but actually we just took away. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Where, where you, what you had going was lofty and noble and right and, and faith-challenging, and an obstacle came in there, the devil or the somebody, it was all the devil in some dimension, and you just said, you know, this is not a good week for me to stand and having done all to stand. I believe I'm going to go another way. Are y'all with me? And so we do. But when's the last time you just said, bless God, this is going to be forever if I don't just take a stand. There's never a good time to stand in faith. I'll just wait until it's easier. Well, it wouldn't be impossible if it was easier. It'd be hard or difficult or challenging. But if you go after the impossible, everything that's behind the impossible, there's a whole nother, there's a whole nother life behind once you break through the impossible. There's a whole nother life. And you can't get there without first making your faith move the mountain. Trust me, I've been there. I've been doing this a while, and I, I've seen it. I've looked at it. I've backed off and took another one, and I've stood there and stared that booger down, just stared it down, and waited and pressed and stood and uh, had to get encouraged and had to drive off discouragement and had to get my mind off of it. Y'all know what's involved in standing. And eventually, and not always eventually, but many times eventually, breakthrough. It just moved. It just, all of a sudden, there was a turn. Somebody that wouldn't said they would. Something that couldn't did. And suddenly, it was a clear path. And you go, ah, that wasn't so hard. When last night, you know, you were just jumping around in bed. And you said, oh, sweet. You know, just, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? This is so hard. What are we going to do? And suddenly, it just changed. And all of a sudden, you're the man. Yeah faith man here. I got this. I got this. Happens all the time. That's why we got to keep our life uncluttered. That's why we got to keep ourselves uh, unencumbered with friends and family that don't believe, that are worldly, that are whiners, that are uh, babies in the Lord, because they'll tell you, let's take an easier path. But there's a lesser world behind the lesser path. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life to the full to the overflow. But you can have a lesser life. You don't have to press for it. You don't have to go for it. You can, you can walk the 126 miles around the mountain if you don't want to just speak to it and go straight. We've all done that. I sure have. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
Oh, I got to say this in the new living. We got a new living here. It says uh, in this verse, it says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. Right there, what you were thinking. There's no way out. He said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. In other words, there is no path that you can wait for, that you can be patient in, that you can manipulate, that you can buy off, that you can finagle or, or re-rig. Or, he said, if humanly speaking, it is impossible. There is no natural path to where you want to go. But then he said, but with God, everything is possible with God. So he's kind of left you with uh, my way or the highway. <laughs> And God says, you know, if you don't want to go with me, you're just going to have to do something else. You're just going to have to eat dry biscuits this week. And when we had harvest grain pancakes every day with, uh, with, uh, with, um, with blueberry syrup on them, you just eat your crust and see at the end of the week. It, that's how it is. You know it is. Do you all know faith is a benefit? Faith will get you things. Faith will take you places. Faith will get things done that naturally you can't have. Or if you get them, you have to struggle. I, if you get good in faith, if you get in good in faith means that you've had a faith experience that turned out right. If you ever get one of those, you get a gotcha in you. Gotcha. Nailed it. And you're ready for something bigger. You're ready for something. I can do this. God came through. Just like he said he would, he came through. And all of a sudden, you're a devil buster. All of a sudden, you're looking for a challenge. All of a sudden, stuff isn't as hard as it was because you've got a notch in your belt. you got, you know, just had one bullet in my gun, but dead eye. Hit him right between the, right in the forehead. If you ever have one of those, you want another one. Y'all ever had one of them big Hershey bars or one of them big paydays? I'll just eat one. That'll be plenty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just get one for my friend, though, while I'm here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's my payday? Whoops. <laughs> you want another one. You want to live by faith once you ever just hold out and stand your ground. And I'm telling you, God's good, and he will help you. He will help you. I've sold several houses in my little life where the buyer could not do it. And we had to jump in and get our faith on them to get them our house so that we could move. But I've had some blowouts, too, where I co-signed with a guy that was in my church. <laughs> he was the county attorney. He was a lawyer. And he... Left town. <laughs> oh, the word said, don't do that, Michael. Oh. Turn with me, if you would. Oh, to the Amplified. Oh, yeah, 1 Corinthians 3. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 3. Now, let's, why is this? Let's look at that. Because I know everybody in this room wants what I'm talking about. I do. I want the impossible to be accessible. I want that. I want that power. Where Jesus told Adam, where God told Adam, he said, dominate the earth. Remember that in verse 28 of chapter 1? He said, I'm giving you power over the earth. Dominate it. I want to dominate the earth. I want days of heaven on earth. 
I've looked around. I'm smart as anybody. I've seen what other people have that don't know God, don't try God. I've seen weak Christians that just said, you know, good enough's good enough. We'll just take what we can get. And they never, it never changes. The story's always the same. It's struggle. It's hard. It's trouble. They get that thing finally managed, and then it jump out, and there's another trouble. Have y'all seen those people? It never gets to the end, and they'll tell their wife, well, honey, now, once I get this job going and we're going to have money rolling, everything's going to be fine. Thank you for being patient. But it always blows out. Y'all are looking at me like I am making this up, but I have lived life. I know you have. It's no different. And I've seen Christians that always just seem to have the victory. It just goes their way. They didn't even tell you about a big story of a mountain or a trouble or everything. It just worked out. It just seemed like they have an easy life, that it just not easy in the sense of no trouble, but they just have a confidence that, listen, everything is turning out amazing. And they just have a thing that says everything that's not amazing right now, it's not amazing. They got an area over here, but it's turning, it's changing, it's, it's in process, and it will be amazing. I know it will. Not even going to think about it because I know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm not as one that says, you know, you never know what God's going to do. Yeah, you do. It's in the book. You know exactly what God's going to do because he's going to do what he said he would do. And he has a perfect track record of doing what he said he would do. And then I've bought in on a few things over my life. And he did everything I said. And I look back on stuff that seems like, God, you, you didn't follow through. It was always me. But I wasn't mature enough. I didn't have enough stuff to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm not even going to ask you all if you're okay. For Now, Paul gets into this church at Corinth. This is a letter. This is his first letter to the church at Corinth. And he's trying to be nice. He's trying to be gentle. But then he kind of looses up here because the Corinthian church was just blowing out. They were idol worshiping and going into the temple and doing unspeakable things and this was a rough bunch. They were kicked out of the association. They, yeah, all sorts of stuff. And he, he writes them a letter, a pastoral letter, and said, I got to talk to y'all. And he says, well, all your trouble is, he said that in verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hither and to, up to now, ye were not able to bear it. Now, I'm going to tell you, everybody in the room has already been there. We've all been babies. To get grown up, you have to go through that baby thing. And he said, you were babies. And he said, you are still babies. You're not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. He said, I am talking to children. He said, why? Verse 3, for ye are yet carnal, worldly. For whereas there is among you envying and strife. Right there he tells you what a carnal church is. There's envying and strife and divisions. Now I want to tell you right, right now, just mark it right here. For all that we're not and all that we want to be, there is no division or strife at River Church. We have put on the Lord Jesus. Doesn't mean we're perfect at it. Doesn't mean we always make it. But we put on the Lord Jesus, and we are not carnal. We can be misled at times. We can be, you know, a lot of things, but we're not carnal. And he said, uh, are ye not carnal? And look right here. This is where I'm going. And walk as men. What does he mean, is walk as men? Because we're all men in the, in the genderless name of it. Well, in the uh, Amplified, 
it said it it uh, describes that it says for as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you are you not unspiritual and of the flesh behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere men mere men so right there he talks to the 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 difference between the born again man and the mere man the car there's the world, and then there's carnal Christians that are born again, but they're acting like babies. You know, when they tell you to uh, hope you sleep like a baby, what does that mean? Up all night yelling and screaming and carrying on, turning over, and what does that mean? I've slept many nights like a baby. <laughs> well, the, Paul's saying, don't be a baby. Grow up. That's all he's saying is you Corinthians need to grow up. Well, we're talking about the impossible becoming possible. What has to happen for you and I to get over from here to there? Well, one thing happens to happen. We got to stop our busy life, stop our carnal thinking, get rid of soulish dreams and goals that have nothing to do with the kingdom, but that we're pursuing, that we got that hot on the burner, even to the point of saying, God, when I get that down, Having a conversation with God, when I get this in my life, when I get settled in my life, when I get myself retired or the kids off to school or, you know, then I will be spiritual and I will serve you. How many of y'all know God is not impressed with your timeline, with your strategy, with your wisdom, with your conniving? He's like, that's not spiritual. He's saying, you think that you have to get a world that's fun apart from me and then you got to go bite the bullet and be a Christian and have a dull, drab, uneventful, unfun life. And he said, really, the funnest life you'll ever have is if you'll grow up and be spiritual. You've never had so much fun. And I want to tell you all right now, every year I get more spiritual. I Hopefully that's every year that's in my life. I'm having more fun. It's not just that you're at the carnival. It's not that just that you're eating uh, payday bars every day that's fun. It's that you don't have worries. You don't have frets. You know what's happening behind the scenes. When, when Fox News or whoever you watch comes on and tells you about all the trouble, there's plenty to report on. They never finish. They just hit the high points because there's plenty of stuff. That doesn't affect me. Does it affect you? We have to deal with it, but not in the sense of what am I going to do? It's that we're going to ride above it. Everything, even though we're in the flux, we're in the crunch, we're in the gear, we're going to ride over it and everything is turning towards me, towards you, to amazing. It's not amazing now. There's a lot of grinding, but this thing is going to turn out for my good. All things work together for good. Who? Who? For those that love God, and those that are the called, the called, I'm called. Are you called? Are you called according to his purpose? I'm submitted. I'm saying, God, use me. Do something with me. Put me in place where you want me. The Bible says that he has set the members of the body in. He has set the members in the body as it has pleased him. Wow. Lord, I want to be a singer. Lord, you know I could sing if you would help me. <laughs> I ain't got that much help. <laughs> we, we could feed 10 million people for that much help. Hallelujah. No, I don't care. I don't care. Do you care? We don't care. We want the will of God. So 
And verse 4 here goes on. He says, uh, in verse 4, he says, While one saith, I'm a Paul, another I'm a Paulus, are you not carnal? The, the New Living says, Aren't you acting just like people of the world? Point yourself with me and say, Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't act like people of the world. We've been changed. I'm born again. I'm out of this family into his family. It's not the same for me as it is for them. I drink their water. I buy their pizza. I, I pump their gas, but I don't live like them. Matthew chapter 14, if you would, please. It's going to get better here. Y'all hang on. Hallelujah, Matthew 14. We love this story. I do, and if I keep pounding it at you, you're going to love it too. <laughs> uh, verse, um, let's see, where could we go? We could go to 25. Let's go up to 24. The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, and the wind was contrary. In verse 25, and in the fourth watch, whenever that is, of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Say, impossible. Well, okay, that was a little weak, but when's the last time you walked on the sea? When's the, when's the last time you stepped out of the bathtub and it was just this, this far to the edge? <laughs> no, you know, there's a physics in this world that says you ain't going to walk on the water. And it's density and gravity and stuff like that. And he said... Uh, it says there in verse 26, they saw him walking on the sea. They were troubled. Verse 27, but, but Jesus fixed it. He said, uh, uh, be of cheer. It is I. Be of good cheer. It is me. Don't be afraid. He's assuming when they see him, they're going to all fear is going to go. But you're going to find that 11 of them, that his word, his personal assurance was not enough. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down to the ship, he walked on the water. Say that with me. He walked on the water. Now, that's never been done except by the Lord Jesus. It's not recorded anywhere. There's recording where the prophet smacked the river with his, uh, with his um, cloak or his uh, mantle, and it parted. And there's, a, there's a, a, a story about the axe head swam towards the edge when the prophet threw a twig in there. Stuff like that with water all the time. But nobody's ever walked on the water. It's amazing. If you saw someone, your best buddy, and you were in the boat with walking on the water, wouldn't you say, I want to do that? But there's 11 boys that did not say that. It wasn't enough that they saw the Lord Jesus walking on the water, that he had a conversation with them and said, it is me, do not fear. No fear here. And then Peter wanting to do something impossible. Now, mark this man, because he is you and me in raw form. He, he said, I want to do something supernatural and I've got a model right here. The Lord Jesus himself is walk. never thought about walking on the water, never heard of anybody, but he is walking on the water, and I am inspired to do something that's impossible. He jumps out of the boat. Now, we don't know if he intended to swim or backstroke or do the, the hoochie-coochie going out to Jesus, but he got out in a way that allowed him to walk on the water. 
and he was walking. And then there's another story where he sank and all that, but that's irrelevant to the man and what he wanted to do. Point yourself with me and say, be him. Be him. Don't wait until the Lord says, I command you to walk on the water. It's not going to happen. Even then, Peter is the one that said, if it be thou, bid me come. Well, it was him. What else could he do? It was him. <laughs> he had to say, powerful. I'm so amazed by that. So Peter challenged the impossible with his faith. How long did it take? He was through the mountain. He was through the trouble. He was through a thing in life that hovers over every Christian of how big do you want your world to be? You want it to be in the human realm, mere men, where if you take your vitamins and you exercise every day, that you might live to be the normal lifespan? Or did you want something impossible that says, I didn't die with just nothing in my life. I died with some testimonies of the mountain moving. You need a testimony of the mountain moving. Everybody in here does. You're going to be weak. You're going to be timid. You're going to be uh, hesitant. You're going to be reticent because you don't know what God will do with your faith. It's unproven. You don't even know if you're going to go to heaven. I mean, you know, you know, you know, because the Word says, but the Word says a lot of stuff we're not doing. It hadn't, been, it hadn't come time to prove you can go to heaven or not. In other words, everybody's still here. Now, if you wake up one morning and all your Christian friends are gone, <laughs> you know there was a missing something or another in your faith. But we, none of us have been tested in that. Walk on the water. Be a water walker. You may never get the chance to walk on the water. It was that word come that made him able. He had faith because Jesus said come and be an imitator of me. Do what I'm doing. There was power in that word. But there's power in the word. The Holy Ghost is talking to you and me all the time. I said constant broadcast. All the time. Well, the Lord spoke to me. No, he's speaking all the time. What you really mean is I tuned in to the Lord. <laughs> and I heard him because I tuned in. Isn't it amazing that you can drive down the road 70 miles an hour and there's a signal in the air, no matter where you go, as you're talking to grandma or something, that signal is, is it fosters the same as it was in Tuscaloosa as you're boogieing down 20. And you go, well, is that signal following me? No, it's everywhere. Isn't that amazing that it's all over Tuscaloosa? Who knows if it's in Meridian? I guess it is. Just another tower. It's just omnipresent. It's, it's, it's an amazing technology that belies the power of God who's everywhere talking to you and I all the time. He's got good in our path, and he's trying to get a surprise of his goodness into your life. Interrupt your life. I'm be Lord, not now. It's normal. We're normal. We're regular. We're looking at a mountain, Lord. Would you pipe down here? We're looking at the mountain, figuring. I'm figuring. And all the time, he's got the answer. He'll say, come, and you can blow the mountain out. I'm challenging you this morning. God has set up a 2018, I believe. This is just me. No, it's a lot of people that says he's opened the windows of heaven and there's going to be more talking about things that are related to the end times that demand the supernatural.
and that demand a man and a woman to operate the supernatural. If God didn't need us, he'd just do this. Wouldn't he? Wouldn't he just do it? Wouldn't he just fix a rock or a ran? I'd fix it. If I was God, I'd fix it. There wouldn't be no nuclears in the mountains or in the sands. There wouldn't be any trouble over there. I'd fix it. If Batman can fix some stuff, I sure could if I was God. <laughs> Come on, y'all. He needs you. Well, if he ever talks to me, I will. No, you can't, you can't go service a, a, a jet engine if you've never picked up a wrench. We got to be trained. We got to be trained. We got to be used to the supernatural until it's an environment that we're breathing. We're comfortable with it. It's who it's. It took me a long time to get used to Alabama. I was Texan. And it's different out there. I know it's still in the States, but it's different out there. And, you know, if you're from anywhere else, Alabama's different. But I got my y'all kind of honed in and, and uh, uh, all sorts of things. Well, we got to get acclimated to the supernatural. Well, when's it going to start? Today, you got an impossible in your life right now. I, 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 I promise you, everybody is sitting here with an impossible. It's on a list somewhere. It may be a forgotten list because it was too impossible, and we're just working on an alternate route. Go six days around. Spend 10,000 more going around. Mark chapter 4. Y'all stay with me just a little longer. This, this, you need this. I need this. We got to have this. We got to have this challenge. We got to have the word telling us how it really is instead of how we want it to be. Well, Lord, we can do without. No, you can't. You can't do without. You have to win. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. You have to have the impossible made possible in your life. If not for now, it's coming. And if you can't, if you cannot, if you cannot get your money to match, if you cannot get the cough to quit, how are you going to raise the dead? And what if it's your grandbaby? What if it's your, what if it's anybody? Are you not but mere men, Paul said? Grow up because I got a job for you to do. I got a mission for you to accomplish. I got a destiny for your life. Well, when did that come, Lord? He said in, in uh, Psalms, before the foundation of the earth, I've assigned this stuff. Put you the right gender, the right race, the right family. He planned it out. And then your mom and daddy made you. That's all I'm going to say about that. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Look what it says. It's, we saw this the other day. The same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over into the other side. Now, let me ask you, is there power, as much power in let us pass over to the other side as there was in the word come? It's not a trick question. Yes, there is. Everything that the Lord says, there's power in it. Your words have just as much power. Just as much power. He used this. Even God had to use that system of light be. Everything is created by words. Faith-filled words. Nothing has ever been created that didn't have words. That's why the prophets in the Old Testament, Isaiah and, uh, and, and Ezekiel, prophesied about the Messiah. They had to speak words because there was going to be no Messiah without someone prophesying or creating those things. So your past has been what you said it would be, 
not what you wanted it to be and not even what God said about you, but what you said it would be. Now, that can be stark. That can be startling. And every good thing that you and I have in our lives, we dreamed it with words one day and said, I sure would like to have that. I sure would like to be able to do that. Suddenly, a path opened like the river parted when the prophet smote it and said, where is the God of Elijah? And the waters parted. That's, what, that's where your future, that's where your present came from, and that's where your future is going to come from. In, uh, in Matthew 12, we won't go there, but in verse 36, it says, By thy words thou shalt be condemned, and by thy words thou shalt be justified. Words? How about God just doing something for me? How about, how about heaven's plan just happening? Nope, it's by your words. God, why didn't you do this? You didn't ever speak it. Well, God, how come that happened? Because you pretty much said, I believe I'll die by 70. Had a, a, a precious woman this week that I talked to. Miss Betty got me filled with the Holy Ghost in 1980. And she said her husband, uh, Ray, that for years, years, he said, uh, uh, three score and ten. That's what man, that's what God said man should live. I'll live to be three score and ten, 70 years. Guess when he died? Big 7-0. Debbie's dad, Kenneth, y'all know Kenneth? He said, us Newcomb men live to be 86 or 7. I'll probably make it to 7. Guess when he passed? Suddenly, just upped. He was 87. He's gone. They told me the other day about a man that... Uh, Said, uh, Daddy didn't live to be 50, and I won't be more than 50. Guess what? He's gone at 50. By thy words thou shalt be justified. Well, if it's that powerful in people that don't understand or know, don't care, don't, don't think about that, how much more than you and I, when the Lord says, come, can walk on water, which is impossible. It's not, it's not relegated to the possible. It's relegated to the supernatural realm where nothing shall be impossible. This is good preaching, y'all. This is helping you. It's helping me. Got to speak up. Because what you do that the word calls idle words, unemployed words, they're wiping us out. They're putting us in a place we don't want to really go. Oh, that just kills me. I just, I just laughed till I died. I don't say that. There's no mulligans. There's no over. There's no redos on that. Once you die, you don't get it like, oh, I think I'll do that better. We'll all say that. But you can say it now. The Bible says that he was made poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. I'm rich. I'm well supplied. I got everything I need. Where is it? It's where I need it. It's on demand. Even at Mercedes, they tell me that they don't stock it up in the warehouse and get all the parts ready, that, uh, that it's called on time or something. That every car, they just haul in the parts for that car or that dozen cars. I don't know. But uh, that's the way the kingdom is. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, it's on demand. It's when you need it, it'll be there. Well, I want to see it. Well, Thomas said, I want to see it. And the Lord said, you're not as smart as you look, and you don't look that bright today. Come on, this is just a basic faith lesson. 
If you want the impossible, and everybody has a list, I got one. This is not, if it's not impossible, it's hard. And I see no way for even this hard to come into my life. You got to change the way you talk. You got to change the way you think. No more mere men. Say it with me. No more mere men. And there's no gender in this, this what we're talking about. No little thinking. We're thinking big. We're believing big in small places. Is it small out there? Yay, verily. We live in America. I told someone this week, we don't, we don't go down to the creek a mile away with a bucket and, and bring dirty water back to drink. We, 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 when we get the urge to potty, we just go potty. But in other countries, they go off into the woods. It's a, it's a like, uh, it's a major deal. We, we got food. We do not go to the market every day and said, I'll take that chicken. There's flies all over it and all that sort of stuff. No, we just open the refrigerator door and say, there you are, baby. Come to mama. We're going to have some fun tonight. You and butter are going to meet and we are all going to have fun. That's what we do in America. But yet, look, 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 look. Christians in America have bad days. I'm so depressed. What am I going to do? I can't walk to the river and get the dirty water. I don't know a fresh place to go potty out in the woods anymore. Oh, there's nothing. All that stuff. And we're like, none of that's happening. We've got the most blessed life. We're accessible to everything that you would think heaven would want us to have. A little, cold, little chilly in the winter, click, 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 click. I'm toasting and I'm roasting. That's what we do in America. And then we're all like, woe is me. What am I going to do? Come on. Don't be mere men. Crank it up. Get in faith. There's more than being comfortable. There's more than being fed. There's more than driving right. There's more. And it's making the impossible. That's, that's the notch in your belt. Another impossible fell. The mountain did move. You got to be ready for it. You can't plan for it. You can't say, I'm looking for one. It just comes. Amen. Where are we now? Oh, verse chapter Mark, Mark 2. Are y'all, y'all got a minute more? Um, oh, did we read this? Mark chapter 4? Oh, back up just one second. Let me get this one. Mark chapter 4, I'm sorry, verse 35. I was in the middle of that, and then I got carried away. Y'all know I'm carried away. And um, verse 37 of Mark 4. Let's stop there, there. And there arose a great storm of wind. We looked at that. And the waves beat in the ship, and so that it was now full. We looked at that. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and say, Master, cares not that we perish. They blamed him. Uh, <laughs> They blamed him for their troubles. I said they blamed him. Well, if God really loved me, he wouldn't have let Bubba dry, die. I wouldn't have lost my job if God really, if he exists and he really loved me. This wouldn't have happened. That's <laughs> not how it works, is it? And uh, he arose, rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are ye so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? So they're right there. You say, you can see. He wanted them to take care of it. So here's the question. Is when's the last time you personally, not, not talking about I go to a church where they do this and they do that. Lots of churches right now in our world. 
that all the members talk about. You say, where do you go to church? Well, I go to Church of the Doodads, and uh, my church feeds the hungry, and we go to the jail, and we, we, we send missionaries. Well, what do you do? I go to the church that feeds the hungry. What do you do? I go to the church when it's handy. That's not it. It's not, that's not it. You know, we shot the bear. Y'all know what that means? You know, no, there's no we in shooting the bear. Uh, so when's the last time you've been to the other side? When's the last time you shot down a mountain and said, you're going? I'm not leaving. I'm not getting tired. I'm not going around. I'm not going. You are going down. Is it just when you're about to die? And they look at you and say, sir, we, we, we have no other remedy for you. You're going to die unless you get a miracle. I believe I'll speak to that mountain. But what about a lesser mountain that's just an inconvenient, not right for a child of God, just the things where First uh, uh, Peter 2.24 says, uh, live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Should live under righteousness. We should live mountain free. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not. But I have whooped. I have wrestled some mountains. Some of them I walked away and said, you are way too much trouble for me right now. I'm encumbered with worldly things. I've got things going on, and I'm kind of distracted right now, and I can't pay attention to this. I'm just going to get off the bridge. I'm going to just get on the bridge and just, and just chill. I've had those. You had those? Anybody had those where you just accommodated the mountain? Said, we can be friends. But there's been times where I just got in there and said, this, is, this isn't happening. Whether I got enough of it and finally said, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm not doing it no more. It never gets better. I never whip it. I never whip it. I just accommodated. And so sometimes you just say, I'm not, I'm not putting them. And I bear down. And you know, people say God waits to the last minute. You know what that really means? Is that it starts hurting so bad that you finally get real with God. And it's at the last minute. Because the last minute means you're fixing to go out of business in your life in some dimension. So you get serious with God and he comes through. And then you tell everybody, yeah, it's at the last minute. We've got to speak to the mountain and say to the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. Do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you saith shall come to pass. Ye shall have, what? Whatsoever who? Ye saith. Not what God saith, but what you saith. It's impossible to move a mountain. A mountain physically cannot be moved. Now, let's go to Mark 2, and I'll, I'll wind her up here. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Let's look at a verse here. This is, this is as fun as it gets in the Bible, I think, right here. Just put your, put your imagination behind these scriptures, and you'll see something funny. He said, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. So they were saying, hey, Jesus is in town. And he was a, he was a hero. He was a, uh, you know, lots of controversy around him in the sense of they say he does miracles, that he heals the sick. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch, how many? That there was no room to receive them. No. Isn't that interesting, that nose right there? <laughs> and, 
Don't you know Mark was funny? He says, uh, there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. Not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. So you could say it was packed out standing room only. And you know how a door is, if, especially if the door has to come in to, to open. It's an indoor. Everybody was standing in front of the door. So you couldn't get in because nobody could push up enough to get the door open. And so uh, he says, and they come into him. What? Who? Bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. So he had, they had a litter. They had a stretcher. Four of them, one on each corner. And when they could not nigh unto him for the press, for the folks, they uncovered the roof. Now, let's get down with our unconventional self here. <laughs> I don't guess they had any windows or they, I don't know what back then. But the roof was, it wasn't those good shingled roofs. It was a. It was a take. It was a yeah, and and when they had broken it up, we stayed in the cabin one time, and it had a bale of hay in the in the interior of it. It was like really hay inside. Well, I bet there was some hay falling on this, and they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. What was that looking like? Is that ropes? Is that uh, uh, we'll holding? We'll 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 hang over with a full-grown man, and will each four of us on one corner let him down, and everybody's looking up. Jesus was certainly having a distraction, you know, working the crowd and preaching the word. This, there, and there's boards holding up the roof, so they had to pull the... It was nasty. It was a mess. It was so unconventional. But, you know, Mark uh, Hankins says, everybody needs four crazy friends. You got four crazy friends? crazy that'll just say you're worth it you're worth it we're going to bat for you you ought to be one of those four crazy friends that just says you know it doesn't look easy it looks impossible he's he his i've seen his schedule he won't be here after this evening when this meeting breaks open he'll be gone this is the last chance we got to get in think about this think about what it would take to get in that house and then it says oh look look it says, and when Jesus saw, say it, their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And then go back down to uh, verse 11. It says, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way unto thine house. Now, his friends, maybe if you had really, really good friends, one of them would have said, hey, Joe, arise and walk. They didn't have that. But they did have faith to get him in the house. There's different paths. There's different ways. That's what Holy Ghost does is he directs traffic. He's that policeman out in the street and says, no, you don't go anymore. We're going to let these people go. And everybody stops. Well, Jesus, the Holy Ghost does that for you and I. So my point here is uh, you got to bring your A game if you want to get into the impossible. The casual observer cannot move the mountain. Point yourself with me and say, don't be a casual observer. Don't be mere man. So we got to put on the Lord Jesus. Everybody gets complacent in any situation. You know, if you're in a family very long, everybody starts walking around in their underwear in the house. 
You go, what's that all about? It's just what you do when you get familiar and you get easy and you get routine. It's like underwear. That's no big deal. You've got clothes on, so just whatever. Everybody might drink out of the same pitcher in the refrigerator. And you're a guest and you're watching that pitcher. <laughs> you know, that's the family jug. But, yeah. Things get loose and things get... But we're in the kingdom and it's electric. And the things of God are just as powerful now, no matter what your environment. Well, we're at ease in Zion here. We're all born again. We're all doing good. And we got somebody to pray for us if we have trouble. That's not, that's, that's not proactive. That's the spectator. The Lord wants you to be on the field. So point yourself with me again and say, go to the other side. Say it again. Go to the other side. One more time. Go to the other side. God wants every one of us to have an experience, not just one, but he'll start with that where we say, bless God. It was a tough little booger. It was out there. It just about put me out, but I stayed with it. I pressed in. I got the word on it, and the word does the work, and I pressed in, and I got that thing. And now, listen, listen, listen. And now the scripture that says nothing is impossible to him that believeth. You just didn't hear about Stanley's miracle. You got it yourself. You go, what shall I do? Is it, you know, raise the dead or something? Just work on your stuff. Just work on that list that everybody has that says, I want that. We need that. It's, it, it won't go much further without that, but we can't have that. You just got to say, nope, I'm going to take that little thing. And this is what I'm doing to that impossible. I'm saying you are out of here. It don't matter how long, doesn't matter who I got to get in agreement with me. Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Uh, I've asked him several times saying, how do you want me to work this? And he'll give me a scripture and say, this is the one for that mountain. This is the key that'll open that door. I'll go there and I'll go, yeah. One thing, one time we had a, uh, situation. Um, what was that? Oh, it was, a, oh, it was a, I had a, I had a ganglion cyst right here on my wrist. My dad has always had one. And I told him about it. And he said, well, take a big book and put your wrist on the desk and then smack that thing. And I asked the doctor about it. And he said, yeah, that'll work. Won't hurt nothing. But I was afraid. <laughs> it was my only left wrist and I just didn't want to put it on the line. So I asked the Lord about it. I said, anybody else out there? And he said, there's a scripture in Peter that talks about the fire that's coming on the earth and the, uh, the end times, and it says, it says, all things shall be dissolved. Y'all ever heard that scripture? It's over there in Peter. It's talking about the end times. It has nothing to do with ganglion cysts. But he said, that's the scripture for you. So I started speaking to him. You're an all thing, and you shall be dissolved. In about six weeks... That puppy was gone. He tried to come back, and I said, remember, you're dissolved, and it will lift again. And that's the stuff that God wants you to do. That's the mountain that you can attack, that you can. You may not can change Iraq right now or Iran or whatever's out there. You may not can get the North Korean situation fixed with your faith right now, but you can get a ganglion cyst off your body. You can get that little hitch in your get-along. You can start speaking to it and say, you are coming under authority. 
Let's stand up. That's enough of that. I will ask you this. If you've never been to the other side, it's time to go to the other side. I think you've been to the other side. It's just been stuff that you didn't think was dramatic. Now, my ganglion cyst was on me. And it bothered me. It was painful. It was putting pressure on a nerve. It didn't matter a bit to anybody else. Nobody cared about it. Nobody was speaking to my mountain. So I had to speak to my mountain. You got to speak to your mountain. So you got to find something personal, something that's already putting pressure on you, something that's got you locked out, something that's saying no to you, some mountain that's talking and saying no. When the word says that all the promises of God in him are yes and amen, but it's saying no, you're too little, you're too late, you're too old, you're too, you don't have mustard seed, mustard seed. Just get out of the boat. Well, how hard was it to get out of the boat? It was very hard. Eleven boys stayed back there under the side. But he got out of the boat, and it changed everything. And all you got to do is get out of the boat. The second thing I've got to ask you is, uh, what is the name of your other side? You got to write that down. Jesus said for me to go to the other side. And you put in there where other side is, you put, get out of debt. Get my hip fixed. Get this uh, heart uh, doodly-doo, this rhythm thing. Get it stopped. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you just say, you are my other side, and Jesus said to go, and his words have the power to go, and I'm going. I'm a water walker, y'all. You better hang on. I'm a water walker. Are you a water walker? Father, in the name of Jesus... We take the word of the Lord. If you've spoken to anybody this morning, we take it personal. And Lord, you, yeah, Michael's been saying this or that, but Lord, you've been talking to me in a different way. And I hear it, and I acknowledge it, and I'm not going to ignore it tomorrow just because I'm not going to be pounded with it. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Now, y'all take the word right now. Like The Bible says that Mary when the angel appeared, that she pondered these things in her heart. I'm going to ponder some things in my heart. I'm going to ponder how impossible is this situation in light of heaven surprising me with its goodness. It's not impossible. I just have to believe. So I put on the Lord Jesus this morning. Put your hand on your body somewhere right now in Jesus' name and start speaking to yourself. I am strong. I'm alive unto God. I got the faith of God. I've got the life of God in me. I was made to walk on the water. I was made to be out of debt. I was made to be healed, whole, and healthy. I was made to be with no addiction, addiction-free. I was made to be uh, 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 run and not weary. I was made to have wisdom. I was created to be a good father, a good mother. I was, I, I just, you just, you get with God and you put your hand on yourself because that's a deliberate act of talking to you. And you begin to talk to you like you would expect the father to say, you are strong. You are alive to me. You are righteous. The devil is under your feet, holy and completely and absolutely defeated of no consequence to your future. If Father was telling you that, you'd say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Will you do it? You do it. 
I'd do it, Lord. No more sitting in the middle of the lake. I'm going to the other side. Say it with me. No more sitting in the middle of the lake. I am going to the other side. Now, this this morning will be as powerful as you want it to be. Oh, nice message, Pastor. That's okay. Good, good. Or you can go to the other side. Amen. Ifrahara bu shadide, kavrakasiyashiyakalote, embretebero si bronze jolo jolo shebeko si agayasaka yolai avretebe umbre ishu e ukiata brahara yavratebe sotitasi. I have set a standard in your hands, saith the Lord, and you will carry it high. For the word of God is supporting you and, and living through you. And you shall not fail as long as you hold and cling to the standard of the Lord. For I surely will go with you, saith God. Wherever you go, I will go. And whatever you say, I will back you up and I will cause your path to be ordered by me. And there shall be no failure in your life. For everything that you have left, and that was a mere man, I have redeemed you out. And I've called you by my name, and I've given you my authority. So leave this place, saith God, being this your least day. Every day will be a day of increase, every day a day of life. And I will set a demonstration in the midst of you, that your life, though it may seem small, I, saith the Lord, will magnify myself through you. And you will be known as that one that believed God. And you'll be known as that one who was a witness and an ambassador to God. And you will be known as that one that stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. I have ordained it. I have decreed it. It shall be established unto you when you decree it. So go forth, saith God. All is well. Amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Woohoo! I love him so. He's everything to me. He's everything to you. Let's go out changed. Well, I bless you. I bless you. I bless.